This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content. I never told you You scared off the vultures I never told you You scared off the ghosts living in my head That lay lonely in the dirt That Overjoyed to be joined by Thomas Gronemark today, who is a, a very interesting character within football. He is a throw-in coach, which surprised many in the UK media at the time. There was a few major radio stations that sort of questioned the need for a throw-in coach, but it's fair to say that, that no one is asking those questions now. Uh, Thomas worked with Liverpool Football Club, who went on to achieve Champions League and then Premier League success, something that was... Again, and a monumental achievement for that football club. He's also worked with clubs throughout the continent, such as Ajax, RB Leipzig, um, KAA Ghent. He's worked across the States at Atlanta United and even with FC Michelin, who made their Champions League debut this year as well. Thomas, first of all, how are you? Uh, hello, Callum. Uh, yes, I'm. I'm uh, really fine here, uh, enjoying my life, even though uh, this uh, COVID nineteen challenges, of course, affecting my work a little bit, like everyone else. So, but yeah, I'm. I'm uh, really enjoying myself here in in Denmark. And in terms of your journey, I mean, a, a reference in the title, you are a throw in coach. That's a real specialist area for you. When did your journey within football begin? You can say I started playing football already as a five-year-old kid and I love playing football and I have some older cousins called uh, Ben and Johnny and they, uh, yeah, they, they were really good at taking long throw-ins so I really looked up to them and as a teenager I tried to be better at the throw-ins myself and I like getting that long throw-in weapon so yeah, I was a pretty good football player i had this long throw in i was really fast never lost a running duel in in my life in football and and also came up to the highest uh, danish u19 league and played against really good players like for example thomas graverson who later played for celtic and real madrid but i wasn't good enough to be a professional uh, football player so so after that i i changed sport in in the mid 90s and i i went to athletics and already the first year i came on the on the danish national team running 100 200 400 meters and meters and relays and i was in 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 the athletic sports for for six years winning several danish championships but also winning the european championship in four by four meter relay in 2000 paris together with my club teammates from aarhus so um and then in, in 2002 i changed sports again not because i was bad in athletics actually i just set personal records on one and 200 meters that year but i like missed team sports from football so i went into bobsleighing and i was on the danish national bobsleigh team for 2002 to 2006 and it was actually in the middle of that bobsleigh period where i thought hey if i can make a good throw in myself can't i teach other players to do it so that was like 2004 the start of my journey as a throwing coach it's quite a journey as you say from football to athletics to, to bobsleighing 
Before we talk about the throw-in coaching and football specifically, what did you learn from your times, your time in the individual type sport of athletics, and also your your time in bobsleigh? Because that's a sport that's very ferocious and has its dangers as well. Yeah, I've learned a lot of uh, different things from different sports and in different parts of life. First of all, of course, I brought my own expertise from football so i think it's it it's always an advantage to have been doing the sport yourself you want to be an expert in then i took a lot of things from athletics for example all the the physical stuff uh, how can you move your body most efficient and even though i was a sprinter i was also really looking uh, much at, at the, the throwers too and then bobsling some might think hey what is uh, bobsling to do with has to do with, with with throwing coaching but you know, we did a really much video analysis in the box lane, several thousands uh, of video analysis of our starts every season. And, and I took that with me into my throwing coaching career. But but we were also really innovative in uh, in, in the bobsleigh sport, in the bobsleigh team. So we did a lot of things that I'd never seen before in, in, in the bobsleigh sport, even though it's approximately 100 years old. So um, I took that innovative uh, thinking into to my job as a throwing coach. But I've also been, for example, playing a lot of basketball my whole life, three basketball. I'm using a lot of basketball in my throwing coaching too with um, space creation and other things. But I'm also like, I know it may sound crazy, but I'm also taking inspiration for, for example, uh, uh, nature, uh, wildlife. For example, if I'm looking at, at a big predator bird and then I see a, a, a flock of small birds, I'm, I'm sometimes analyzing and watching their awareness. And this this kind of awareness, you can also use that when you have a throwing in, in football too. So yeah, taking inspiration from art, from paintings, looking at, for example, if I see a line in a piece of painting, then I'm suddenly thinking, hey, could this be a, a throw-in pattern or running pattern? So, so all in all, I'm, I'm taking a lot of inspiration from not only different areas, different sports, different things, but also uh, many different persons I meet. And in terms of that element of spatial awareness, when it comes to throw-ins as such, your specialist subject, of course, is throw-in coaching. Do you feel that there are or there were specifically uh, when you get into a lot of teams who just simply weren't utilising throw-ins to be as effective as they possibly could be? Because if you utilise them well, they can be another set piece. Yeah, um, you know, uh, when I'm coming to teams, I'll, I'll say that the normal level on on, on throw-ins, no matter where I'm coming, it's, it's either... Uh, bad or really bad. Of course, there are some few, a few teams who does okay, but I, I'm not coming to any teams where do, they're doing well. So I can I can make a big change um, when I'm coming uh, to the teams. Uh, and it's not only like a, uh, another or more set piece options because a lot of people think it's it's only about long throw-ins, but it's actually a, a small small part of my coaching. I'm I'm actually more focusing on what I call the fast and the clever throw-ins. And that's creating space all around the pitch when you have a throw-in. Uh, so you can keep possession, create chances, or score more goals after throw-in situations. So uh, so, so yes, all in all, um, you know, uh, I can improve teams a lot. And it's it's because the players haven't really been working with throw-ins uh, 
And then when I'm asking some of you professional coaches, they're saying, oh, I guess they did that in the academies. And I'm asking the, the coaches in the academies, they didn't do anything around throwing coaching. Then I'm asking, you know, they say, oh, yeah, they, 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 they should do the, this as kids. And then I'm asking these coaches, they didn't do anything at all. So, so all in all, it's just because of a lack of knowledge in the football world around throw-ins. And, and that's, you know, that's my goal to to change the football world so we have much better throw-ins. And in terms of yourself, you came to, to Providence here in the UK when you joined Liverpool. And the reason that it came to my mind when, when you were announced but without ever speaking to you before this was, I, I remember it being announced, and I'm going to read a quote here from a prominent pundit. I won't name them, but I'm sure people will know who I'm referring to. Um, I think hiring a throw-in coach is ridiculous. Here's a lesson for Jurgen Klopp. Pick the ball up, take it behind your head, throw it to a teammate, keep both feet on the ground and move on. The next thing they'll bring in is a kickoff coach. When you hear people within football, albeit the, the, the individual I'm talking about had retired in the 90s, when you hear prominent people within football say things like that when you go into your new job, how did that make you feel at the time? Because in a way, I suppose it put a lot of spotlight on you and your work. Oh, it didn't didn't, didn't uh, affect me at all. You know, I have a lot of self-confidence, but I don't have self-confidence just to have it. You know, I have self-confidence in myself and my work as a throwing coach because I, I have the knowledge to back it up. I have the data to back it up. I have the experience from, from being now a throwing coach professionally for 17 years. So, so you know, there'll always be... Be, be people who are criticizing you uh, and, and and because they're prominent doesn't mean that um, that they're right you know I didn't really really react to to these comments that you're mentioning and, and of course I think that most people know it was uh, <laughs> Andy Gray and Richard Keirs, Keirs now, now I'm saying it um, I didn't really react but I think that at least 95 or 98 percent of all people were calling them dinosaurs it's not necessarily a word I, I would like to call them but but you know for me it's okay that people are laughing because i i have perhaps the most uh, the weirdest job in the world <laughs> so that's okay but they could have made like a a fantastic interview with me live on on being sports there where we have been laughing but also been giving the audience um you know a lot of good insights in throwing coaching and they, it could have been like one heck of an interview and they're good had been getting much more positive attention there so all in all i think criticism is, is a part of life especially if you want to change things and 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 i'm the first one in the world who, who's really going to give with with throw-ins and of course you have to expect people who are criticizing you but i don't mind that because criticism is is uh, it's really important in life so so especially if we have i call it the good the bad the ugly criticism if good Good criticism, that's like the good, the constructive criticism. We can't live without that because without that, we're not getting better. So, yes, we have to take all of that in. Sometimes we also have bad criticisms, like I call it, because sometimes people are saying to me, hey, throwing coaching, that's only small gains or marginal gains. I don't think it works at all. And instead of being angry on them, I'm sometimes I'm just saying, hey, did you actually know that there are 40 to 60 throw-ins in a match? You're normally using 15 to 20 minutes in a match on throw-in situation. And most most teams have possession under 50% of them. The circumstances or cases when having throw-in under pressure. And suddenly, when people have first like reacted neg negatively, when they 
get this knowledge, they're suddenly often saying, hey, I didn't know that. And suddenly you get a good relations to the relates to these people and you're getting information, you share knowledge. And so, so just because it looks like negative criticism, you don't have to like, 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 uh, you know, take it, take it totally away. So, so I think we have to have patience sometimes if it looks like negative uh, criticism and then the last part of of, of the criticism here is uh, what i call ugly criticism if you can see that people are criticizing you just to make fun of you nothing else or to get famous themselves or to get likes on social media and so then i think it's important just to brush it off because there'll always be these people around and and so that's what I did with did that kind of criticism you you told about before. So so for me it was okay that uh, that that some people criticize me. That'll that's just the way it is. When you go into Liverpool, and the reason I mention them a lot is because obviously they're based here in the UK and it made so many headlines. What was the initial reaction of the players to your role? Because as you've mentioned, you've spoken to many people at various clubs. And in the academy, there's not a lot of working throw-ins and maybe players aren't used to it from a young age. So when you walk in and you're dealing with players that are maybe 23 or 25 or 27 who haven't experienced this level of coaching before, how, what's their initial reaction? It was just fantastic. You know, the players was just so motivated to improve their throw-ins. And, and some out there might saying, hey, could that be right? Yes, imagine Liverpool had a fantastic season in the 17-18 season with a fourth place in the in the Premier League. That was at that time a really, really, really good wrestle for Liverpool. They also reached the Champions League final, only just losing uh, to Real Madrid. Uh, imagine standing just one small step from like a really, really top placement in Premier League, standing an even tinier step from from getting on the top of the podium in Champions League. You know you have to be better if you want to, to, to make the last step forward. And you can't count on the opponents being worse. So you have to be better yourself. Then imagine that on the first training day, you are meeting this throwing coach and he's saying there are normally 40 to 60 throwings in a match. Uh, most teams lose possessing more than 50% of the occasions when I have thrown under, under pressure. If you did the same with your feet, you'll play Sunday league football. And then I'm also, also told them I'm not going to make you into stoke number two. But that I meant that you, you're not going to have a lot of long throwings towards your opponent's goal. And then just after me, Jung Klopp came and he said, we had a fantastic season in the 17-18 season, but we were really bad at the throw-ins. We lost it almost every time. And we had tried to do something here me as a, as a manager, the coaches, you players, but we hadn't really improved. Now I, I, I picked up Thomas, he's a throwing coach, I know it's a special job to have, but I'm 100% sure that Thomas can help us improve on the throw-ins and, and gain that last piece of improvement we, we need to have success. Imagine standing there as Liverpool players and know that they have a big, big weakness. Actually, Liverpool were only number 18 out of 20 on throw-ins under pressure in that 17-18 season before I came. So imagine standing there and saying, hey, we have a big thing we can really improve. Of course, you're motivated. You want to give everything to improve that. Even if it should be only 1%, you know, they'll, they'll do it all. What actually happened, and maybe we'll come into that later, 
in my first season, the 1819 season, we improved to 68.4% possession. And we in, in the in the 1718 uh, season, it was 45.4% and went from number 18 in the Premier League to number one in the Premier League on throw-ins under pressure, where the players are marked, and also to number two in the whole Europe, just after one of my other teams have Semitulan. So yes, I'll say that I've only met uh, totally motivated players uh, in every training session. So I'm just uh, proud of what we have achieved um, with the throw-ins, but of course also proud of uh, being a part of a Champions League, uh, Premier League, but also World Championship for club teams, winning teams. So, um, yeah. And just on Jurgen Klopp and the trust that he put in you, this is a quote from Jurgen. Uh, we brought Thomas in and it completely changed our throw-in game completely. The statistics prove it. When you look at that quote, when you look at the way Jurgen brought you into Liverpool and gave you the trust to work with the players on that, as you say, that glaring weakness at 18th place and improve it to first place. How would you describe your working relationship with him? Because from the outside looking in and based on what he said about you, he seems to have total trust in, in your philosophy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just really proud of my my work and and uh, cooperation with the Jurgen Club, of course, also the club itself and, and the players, the other staff. What is really important here, and I think that a lot of leaders, not only in football, not only in sports, but also in like like in work life in general, or in life, they can learn a lot from from Jurgen Klopp because you're the one of the he is undoubtedly one of the best coaches in the world, um, and when you're one of the best at something, you can easily fall in that trap where you're thinking, hey, I'm the one who knows best around everything, or I have to decide everything or I have to like 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 really get into the small details and decide for my employees or for my staff but Jürgen Klopp he gave me a, a, an open role in Liverpool FC with the throw-ins and I, as you say yourself he has been uh, trusting me so I'll be the last three seasons here I could have been doing I, I, I could do everything I want with with the teams regarding the throw-ins, both with the training on the pitch, analysis, everything. And of course, I'm, I'm talking with the players. Of course, I'm coordinating with the staff, talking with the staff. Of course, I'm giving and getting help and knowledge from the analysis people, from the physical um, coaches, you know, everything around, everyone around the team. But, but I think the big secret here is that I've been giving an open role and, and, and Jürgen Klopp has, has trusted my knowledge. So so I, I instead of just saying to me, hey, in 17-18 season, we, we did uh, a few things around the throw-ins. It didn't work. Could you do approximately the same, but just polish it a little bit? No, he didn't say that. So he just said, I trust you. Give it all you can. So um, it's fantastic. And I think it's, it's important that... And no matter if it's sport in, in, or in, in general work life, that you set your employees free so they can shine, so they can share the knowledge and, and help uh, all the people around them. You, you mentioned that sharing the knowledge. You mentioned letting your, your coaches shine. Well, as you mentioned, you mentioned the statistics. Liverpool go from 45.4% um, of uh, possession uh, gained at throw-ins right up to uh, 68.4, which is a which is a massive jump in one year. It takes them from 18th to 1st, as you've said. 
Last year, Liverpool won the title for the first time in 30 years, a massive occasion for everyone associated with the club, and they scored 13 goals after throw-in situations. When you look at those statistics, when you look at what the club achieved on the pitch, how proud does that make you, and how how hungry does it make you to continue to succeed and, and take your work and, and, and those statistics and try and do that with other clubs across the continent as you have done? Yeah, I think it's a fantastic motivation and, and it makes me extremely proud because even though you have some knowledge, even though I, from the very first day in Liverpool FC thought that I could improve the team, there's still a long way to actually do it. So I, I needed a lot of, um, you know, um, buy-ins from both the players and the staff and everything. And I had that 100% all the way. So so I'm, I'm, I'm saying the same things and, and helping other teams too. Uh, so... And I can just say that that my long, fast and clever throwing philosophy with the data, with the three zones, with the, the different throwing tools, the throwing intelligence, focus on that. It works in every club in the world I've been at. So, so it's just because, you know, we've been playing football for 140 years and, and we have totally neglected uh, throwings. It's just like a throwing. You just have to do it. It doesn't really matter if you lose the ball or keep it because we just want to go on with the game. So we have been seeing a lot of teams where the players haven't been moving to create space. We've seen a lot of teams where the ball has just been hurled down the line because coaches are saying, oh, it's better to lose it 30 meters down there than lose it here. So so I've been able to, to, to make that change and, and I'm just um, happy about that. And, and my goal is to help many other teams uh, around the world in the future too and and someday i might not be in liverpool then i'm at another premier league team if we're just looking at at england uh, and and that's just the way it is but my main goal is to make a positive throw-in change not only for professional teams but also for for amateur and youth teams so that's also the reason why i'm, I'm writing a book about throw-ins that'll be published in the future because yeah i i just want to make that big change one thing I want to ask you about before we, we talk about the upcoming book and, and the philosophy behind your work, describe, if you if you possibly can, without giving anything away, how a, a normal week, obviously I know it's not normal at the moment, we're in this COVID situ situation which is affecting us all, but in a normal week, would you be on the training ground every single day at Liverpool or would it be a couple of days a week? How, how would it work on a sort of daily basis across a working week with the club? Yeah, first of all, I'm based in Denmark, so I'm, so I'm traveling all around the world to different clubs. And then I'm, uh, all in all, I'm just having uh, some visits to each club each season. The last two seasons, I've been having five visits uh, uh, in Liverpool or on a training camp. I've been twice to Evian in training camp with the team, but also in Marbella. And then, of course, a lot of times to, to, to Melwood. Um, also training camp in Austria this this season too. Um, and some teams I'm only vis visiting them like two or three times. And a visit could be either two, three or four uh, training days in a row. When I have a training day, I don't, I don't, I'm not coaching for one and a half or two hours. A, a training day for me, is, it's, it's normally between 30 and 60 minutes. And it's depending on where I am in like, yeah. Am I just starting? Then it's normally more minutes, and I haven't been working with, with a team for several seasons. It, it could be a little bit fewer minutes there. Uh, 
but when I start with a team, I'm starting with the very, very basic things. So first of all, I, I'm, I'm making the players throw longer. And that's really important, even though you're not doing a lot of long throw-ins towards the opponent's goal, because the longer throwing area you have, uh, sorry, the longer throwing you have, the, the greater throwing area you have, and then you can throw to to more teammates. So even, even though we're not taking any long throw-ins towards your opponent's goal in like Liverpool or Ajax or so, I'm still doing it with the fullbacks in the start. Then I'm also working a lot with precision in the start because it doesn't matter that, that you can use a lot of complex tool and movements and so, because if you can't throw it to the feet of a teammate from, from uh, 12 meters distance, but it's, it's going into the chest instead, then it doesn't really matter because then you can create so much space you want and you'll probably lose it anyway. And then I'm also in the start working with basic space creation. So giving the, the players the knowledge around how do you create space when you have a throw-in because players are normally not used to creating space at a, at a pretty normal throw-in. So so I'm, I'm, I'm learning them the basics there and it's really important to say i'm not only coaching the fullbacks i'm coaching all the players when i'm when i'm then had like a a couple of visits to a club then i'm going on with with the, the three zones and uh, specific throw-in tools because there are different tools you can use in different areas of the pitch and then after that i'm for example also looking at the individual throw-in superpowers because some players are good at some specific things uh, around the throw-in. Some players are good at protecting the ball. Some players are fast. Some players have a good first touch. So it's a little bit like in basketball that you're also here using some specific players with some specific skills. Um, and then I'm also putting all my knowledge from the analysis from the matches. For example, in Liverpool, I'm analyzing every match, getting the attacking and defending throw-ins, no matter where I am in the world, and then sending a throw-in report back to Jurgen Klopp. So you can say I'm I'm building on layers and layers and layers in in the coaching. So, and and some players are oh, sorry, some people are thinking that I'm I'm coaching with my tools like a, a playbook in American football. But no, it's not like that. I'm coaching the players throwing intelligence. So these fifty um, uh, throwing tools I have in the three zones. It's like like general tools. So, so the players here are instead taking their own decisions on the pitch instead of using a playbook. So in theory, we have like millions of options because you have different angles, amount of players, distances, and so on and so on, timing and seconds and, and so on and so on. So, so, and that's much more dangerous than a playbook because a playbook can be read. So if you know already now what's happening, then... Um, then it's easy to see for the opponents. So that's all in all how I'm coaching. And 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 so so again, two, three, or four uh, training days in a row uh, with with different uh, elements in it. How would you say your life has changed since the success at Liverpool? I imagine. Again, this is just an assumption. So please correct me if I'm wrong. I imagine with the success that Liverpool have had, the level of interest in yourself. And your work has just went through the roof. How how have you found that personally? Oh, it's it's, it's been fantastic. Um, I have nothing against the attention because, first of all, when you're a freelance uh, person like me, a freelance coach, you have to like get attention to to get some jobs. So so that's really fun for me. I'm also re already before I got my breakthrough in 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 uh, in Liverpool. I did a lot of. Uh, 
uh, talks for companies. Uh, I've been, been doing already over 500 talks. So of course that, that has made an increased interest for, for my talks for companies too. I don't have so much time as I used to for talks, but, but of course winning these things uh, with Liverpool FC have has of course, course increased that. So all in all, I'm just happy for for the interest around my throwing coaching, and and I think I can I can inspire a lot of uh, people not only in the football world but also you know, you know in life in in or, or or in work life too. So I'm just happy around my interest, and of course, like we touched a little bit before, there are I've been coaching. I think like seven, eight different professional clubs the last three seasons all, all around the world. So so I can help a lot of clubs, but I'm also getting a lot of exciting uh, uh, traveling around the world. And I love that part of my job too. So, uh, so, so all in all, I'm really happy. Last couple of questions for you, Thomas. Um, you're, you're writing a book at the moment, The Long, Fast and Clever Throw-In. How excited are you to publish this book? Because you, you're working, as you say, with clubs the length and breadth of the, the country and across Europe. But this book really will be accessible for, I suppose, any team or any coach at any level. Yeah, um, I'm really excited. I don't know when it will be published. Um, I've already been writing like over uh, 80 uh, 87,000 words, I think, across today. Uh, so I've been writing a lot until now. I don't know when it will be published, but the reason why I want to publish it is not because of the professional clubs, but because of all the amateur coaches out there, all the youth co- youth coaches, because it, it's not it's not cheap to hire me to come for a week. And, and if I had to go to, to Brazil or Canada or uh, Japan, they had to like <laughs> I had to travel and so so they have perhaps had to buy a week of my time and it, it, that was pretty expensive for like a, a amateur team or youth team. And and for example, today there was just a guy from Australia who wrote me and so on back on and when is the book and that's that's happening every day. So so when I'm writing the book, of course I also want to make a change in the profes- f- professional football world. But for me, it's even more because of, of all the grassroots uh, coaches out there. I don't know how many. It's perhaps only like 0.01% of all coaches who are professional. So so my book is for all the other people there. So so I think if you want to make a real change, not only not only make make teams win the Premier League and Champions League, and so then uh, then you have to um, to make the change from the bottom. So, so yeah, I'm 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 really looking forward to publishing my book in the future, and and especially I already now try to to make a difference uh, until my book is out because I of course I have my free um, uh, drills on my YouTube channel, but also on my homepage thomasgrunemark.com, I'm giving out my four best basic throwing drills you can use from Uten up to pros. I'm also using for all my pro teams, and already now there are. Um, over 4,000 coaches from all around the world. They are coming from 178 different countries. So that's crazy. So already now, uh, I think I'm making a difference uh, with my free drills here. So so again, go into my homepage, thomasgrandmark.com. Um, you can get them there. Um, so again, back to your question. Um, my biggest goal is to to make a change in football. So I'll, I'll do everything I can to to do that in the future. And the last question I've got for you, based on the the difference you are wanting to make and you have made already in football, you look at throw-in coaching and that's your specialist area. Do you believe that 
marginal gains can be made across the board in football and that we may start to see more individualised specialist coaches come into the game over the next decade or so? I think that, that first of all, I'll, I'll say that I, I see throwing coaching as, as gigantic gains because a lot of people are calling them small gains and marginal gains. But if you look at the numbers, 40 to 60 throw-ins in a match, using 15 to 20 minutes and throwing situations in a match, it's not small gains, it's gigantic gains. So so it's just because uh, it's been totally neglected in the 140 years of football. So, But all in all, I think that if you want to make a change, of course you can look at marginal gains and small gains, but I think it's more important to look at, first of all, things who are happening a lot in football, like throw-ins who can make a really big difference, but it could also be like small things who are not happening so often, but have a big effect. For example, let's just say um, a scoring on a penalty kick or saving a penalty kick. Even though we have it uh, once in a while, it, it, it's really important when it happens. Let, let, let's say you, you can, by some tricks, you can make a football goalkeeper save uh, 50% of the, the penalty kicks. That'll, that'll be like sensational. So I think if, if you want to bring out these new things, it has to either be, be in football like really often or have a really big effect or both like, like, um, like my throwing coaching can have. So, so yes, I think we'll see more and more things. Uh, I know, know a woman, she's actually from Denmark originally called Anna Vest. She's working with, with sleep according to high performance. She's also been helping some football clubs, for example, including Brentford. So you'll say that, okay, sleep is a small thing for a football player, but if you look at the effect on on performance and it means a lot if you are sleeping well or sleeping six or eight hours or so so um so yes i think we'll see more of these things in the future brilliant thomas it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for joining me you are absolutely welcome so we'll dive down to the ocean and we'll make our home in a deep sea cave and our shells will all be open they'll be filled with song they'll be filled with song we'll dive down to the ocean and we'll make her home in a deep sea cave and our shells will all be open they'll be filled with song